This is Kevin Brooker. We are cruising through retirement. You know the right tax plan in retirement uh, rates right up there with the right income plan? And on today's show, we're going to answer some common questions about the taxes that you're going to face in retirement. Cruising Through Retirement with Kevin Brooker. Kevin is an investment advisor representative with more than 30 years experience. He's helped thousands of people cruise through retirement, and he'd be happy to help you too. Stick around for today's adventure on Cruising Through Retirement. This is Cruising Through Retirement with Kevin Brooker. I'm consumer advocate Steve Siddall. Kevin uh, has been helping folks to get to and through retirement for more than 30 years. He is a fiduciary. He is an investment advisor representative, an independent. He's with Silverleaf Financial. Check out the website, silverleaffinancial.com. Uh, hey, Kevin, what's going on? Hey, you know what? It's another beautiful day in the desert, and uh, think things are looking good. We got you know, stock market acting well, also. So, well, it does seem to have calmed up. down a little bit this week. A little bit, a little bit. You know, it's 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 always nicer when we're going three hundred points up instead of three hundred points down, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, and yeah, so you know what? The market seems to uh, the the market's being bullish this week. You know, things are it doesn't matter. The news comes out, uh, the spin is positive. So this week, the uh, uh, the multiple personality that is the stock market is feeling positive about life. Okay, I like that the multiple personality, <laughs> and it's got some it's got some weird ones too, doesn't it? It's got a lot of them. It can be very temperamental. You know, I call it. Uh, you know, that's why I say you know multiple personality because it acts kind of schizophrenic sometimes. You know, and and you'll hear good news, right? Anybody that watches the stock market, you've w- watched a company and you've seen good news come from that company, and the stock gets hit and goes down. And you say, what in the world is going on? And then the opposite happens as well. You hear terrible news. They report a loss bigger than expected, but yet the stock rallies 8 or 10%. You say, what, how does this make any sense? So that's, that's why my takeaway is that sometimes, you know, the market is not correct. The market, I, I don't agree with the theory. You know, there are some old theories that have come out a long, long time ago that says the market knows everything. And everything is already priced into it. Um, and I just think that's plain fallacy. I don't believe there's any possible way the market could know everything. And, and, and so I think it's misinterpreted sometimes. And that's what creates opportunities, though. The misunderstandings and the misinterpretations create opportunities for investors that can spend the time and have the research and can figure out when the market is interpreting something incorrectly. Okay. okay. Wow. That was, a, that was a path to go down. That was a mouthful, wasn't it? It was. Yeah. I mean, you know, I'm following along. <laughs> no, I get it. The, um, so, um, you know, we're talking about taxes, and, and we are certainly in the height of tax season. But, uh, again, when it comes to retirement, retirement planning, tax, you know, tax strategies are key. Right. I mean, and we've talked about it many times. And and I know that you over the years have I mean, you know, you've got to stay up with all of the tax code and all of that to make sure that you're doing your clients right. You you know what? I think any good advisor should be staying up on the, you know, on the tax codes, the changes, you know, because they make them all the time. Right. Yeah. Uh, We've seen we've seen changes in the RMD age, you know, in the last couple of years. We've seen them eliminate the stretch IRA concept, which a lot of people, by the way, still don't. They still don't realize that. Uh, so there's been there are a lot of changes, and if you're going to do the most effective tax, you know the most effective planning, you know which of course is not just optimizing your return and getting getting a good return on your investment, but it's also minimizing the taxes and making sure that you only pay exactly you know what you're supposed to pay, right? Um, and and so all of it comes into play. And I'm going to say 
I'm going to suggest that your tax plan is just as important as your income plan or your growth plan or your decumulation plan, whatever other plans you have in place, you have to consider the taxes. So in other words, when we're taking money out, when you're retired, you're taking money out uh, because you don't have the paycheck coming in. You want to make sure that you're taking it from an area that is going to have you know the least you know po- possible tax impact, right? In other words, you don't want to be taking money out necessarily out of a taxable account if you're bumping up on an income tax bracket. So if you're getting ready, if you're right at the top end of a particular tax rate, and, and, and another withdrawal is going to send you into a higher tax bracket, maybe you take the money from a tax-free account, you know, or maybe we structure it in a way that you have to can put it off until maybe it's December or November and you can put it off until January. So you push it into the next year. Mm-hmm. So the, my, the point is, it should be an active process and there should be consideration given to your withdrawals, uh, not just in lines uh, in terms of, you know, income that you need, but also the taxes that you're going to end up paying. Right. Well, I mean, again, these are all things that, I mean, when you talk about tax brackets, I, I'm guessing the average person doesn't know what tax bracket they're in. Maybe they do. I don't know. It's. Do you, you know think what? people most, do? Most, no. Most no. people have an idea. They don't know exactly. Right. Most people could guess within maybe 10%. Yeah. Um, but they wouldn't necessarily know if they're 15, 20, or 25, let's say. Right. And Until they and, sit and, down and, and start I, to do their taxes. <laughs> yeah. Until you sit down and go through it, you know. And, and the other thing people, you know, a lot of folks forget is that- you know, your tax rate, your effective tax rate is the amount of money that you actually pay in taxes relative to your total amount of income. And it's not a, it's not a straight line, you know, like 15 or 20 or 25. It's generally a fraction, you know, like 15.7% or something, because it's blended based on all the different, you know, deductions you have and expenses and things like that. So, so for instance, a lot of people don't realize that let's a retired couple, a retired married couple filing their taxes jointly, you know, you could be in retirement and make over $50,000, including your social security income, and still pay have zero federal tax liability. Okay, because sign a lot me of up. People don't, <laughs> <laughs> you know what? It's better than most people think, right? Because yeah. most people think you can't, you know, that it's much lower than that. But the fact is, if you're 65 or older, you have a bigger standard deduction than anybody that's younger than 65. And if you're married and you're both over 65, then you've got that much more. So the standard deductions alone, I want to say are between 25 and 30,000 combined. Um, and, and so it, it, it's a nice, you know, it's a nice break that you get uh, for, for uh, being 65 or above. Okay. That is nice. And, and um, so we're talking about taxes in retirement, obviously. And I think one of the, the perhaps um, things uh, that people misunderstand is that they automatically assume, well, my taxes are going to go down in retirement. There's just no other way. It's, and yeah. And, and I think a lot of people do make that assumption and, and you really want to step back on that and remember, you know, be careful with your assumptions. Um, you know, I remember what, what was it? High school or something. for, you know, the first time a teacher broke down the word assume. For oh me. yeah. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. <laughs> and I said, I said, okay, I'm going to remember that. And so we want to be careful with those because one, we all know the tax rates change, the tax code changes, the tax laws change, and and that's why we've got such a complicated tax code, uh, you know, because they politicians just can't seem to prevent themselves from tinkering with it all the time, uh, and making these special carve outs and special interest exemptions or whatever you want to call it, and so it's become very very complicated. Uh, but the reality is that depending on your income in retirement, you know, you you might very well still be paying taxes. Most of my clients, because of the nature of the clients that I deal with, in other words, people that have accumulated wealth, right? By nature of what a financial advisor, an investment advisor does, you're working with people's extra discretionary money that they've saved and worked to accumulate over their lifetime. And so by definition, 
you know, the folks that we work with tend to be, you know, in the top, let's say 20, 25% in terms of wealth and income across the country. Uh, and, and so majority of the majority of them, they do pay taxes on, on their income sources. And a lot of them pay taxes, you know, on all of their social security is, I should, let me clarify on up to 85%, up to 85% of social security can be taxable depending on your total provisional, what they call provisional income. So in other words, you take your income sources and by the way, guys, when you're looking at it for a calculation for uh, determining, do you have to pay tax on Social Security? The government's going to have you add in your tax exempt income, which I've always thought, and I continue to think that's just bull. Yeah. I don't think that you know they should. I don't think they should be able to do that, but they do uh, because a lot of the super wealthy, the ultra wealthy, have a lot of money in municipal bonds. You know, um, if you, for instance, back way back when God was it, John? I'm sorry, John Kerry. John Kerry, I don't even know if he's still married to her, uh, but he married into the Heinz family, right? As in the Heinz, as in the Heinz ketchup family, right? Okay, so so most of you probably realize that's a very wealthy family, and I remember reading that his wife had over five hundred million dollars in tax-free bonds, right? Wow. So you think about that, and you say, "All right, she's bringing in what ten million a year, you know, in tax-free interest," <laughs> and then you say, "Okay, well, I, maybe that should be taxed." So I personally think there should be, you know, I don't think all of it should be taxed. I think it should be, I think it should be income based. You know, if, if it's a seven, if you get seven figure tax free income, yeah, let's tax it. Let's, but well, you, yeah, but that makes sense. You, you know what I mean? Because they're the higher net worth people, obviously, and the higher income people. You know, if you're going to raise, bring in more tax revenue, you've got to bring it. From, you got to tax those are the ones you got to get it from, right? Yeah. And so anyway, my point is uh, to count, to determine whether your Social Security is taxable. They, they count half of your social security income plus your other sources of income. They plug that into the formula to determine how much of your social security is taxable. And so it does depend on, you know, are you married? Are you single? Do you file jointly? Um, and, and so your tax, you know, how you file your taxes makes a big difference. Uh, but as I mentioned earlier in the show, a lot of people are pleasantly surprised that a married couple filing jointly could earn in excess of 50000 uh, including, let's say, let's say they had, I think this formula they had thirty six, three thousand a month from Social Security, uh, and then another fourteen thousand in other income, and their federal liability is zero. So, and it's because of the big standard deduction. The standard deductions were raised in the last few years as well. Um, you know, so obviously it depends on your income, your total, your total income scenario. But you want to be aware of that because what I suggest is that if you've if you've set up a Roth IRA, if you have an HSA account, if you have tax free accounts set up. The nice thing about the plan, uh, I should say about the rules, the IRS rules now, is that income that you pull in from a Roth IRA, provided you've had, held it at least five years, uh, or from your HSA and you comply with all those rules, all right, those incomes do not count towards the total to determine if Social Security is taxable, okay? Mm -hmm. So what I say is if you've planned and we've got those assets in place, then let's see if it makes sense to take what extra income you need, maybe from the tax-free accounts. We do that, you know, one, two, three, four years. And maybe you can avoid paying any federal taxes at all in those particular years because of how you generate the income, how we structure that income. Whereas if you just sit back and say, I don't care where it comes from, then you know what, you're, then you'll be paying taxes on it and probably on your social security too. So, you know, it's, it's all money. Maybe it'll save you four or five grand a year. I'm not talking that it's going to save you hundreds of thousands. 
But you know what? I think four or $5,000 a year is still a pretty nice savings. You could use it for something else more enjoyable than paying the IRS. Well, yes, of course. Well, okay. How do you, so that formula that you laid out to, that determines your provisional income, is that something that, that I have to do and then pay the taxes? Do you help me with that? How do we figure that out? It, that's kind of like an all of the above uh, answer okay. to that one, Steve. So, <laughs> so you know, if you're, if you're a do-it-yourselfer, you do your own tax returns, you're doing your own, uh, you're managing your own investments, then yes, it's all on you 100%. Um, if you have advisors, if you have a financial advisor or a tax person, then we can work in sync. We can work together, you know, to help figure out the best strategy. The best way to do it is for your, 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 your team of advisors, if you will, for us to be in contact and to, to communicate with each other. So that if there's any, you know, like a windfall or, you, you know, something comes in you didn't expect, uh, that we can take that into consideration throughout the year before the end of the year, because we might want to make some adjustments, you know, before the calendar year ends in order to minimize that tax bill. Okay. So, so it's something that we want to take a look at. It does depend on, on how you've got it set up, if you take care of it yourself or not. But the, there are things we can do, though, that can minimize that tax impact, which is going to put more money in your pocket, which I think is what everybody wants. Well, that's why it's important to work with a fiduciary advisor like you. You've got a lot of experience. You've seen tax changes over the years, obviously. And, uh, you know, we're we're in uh, the tax rates are incredibly low right now, all things considered. They all things considered, they really are. You know what? I don't think that everybody realizes um, or remembers that if you go back what to after World War Two, I mean, taxes were over nine income taxes, over 90 percent. After wow. World War II in the, in the 40s, 93, 94% was the highest income tax rate. 90%, guys. Wow. So, I mean, how Not much money? I mean, 40. Yeah. I mean, how, how do you survive that way? Yeah. <laughs> well, you, you, well, it, I, I'm going to say it's more of a challenge. And, and luckily, it's the only, remember, it's all bracketed, right? So, it's right. the only highest piece of that income that you pay that much. Understand. And that's just, and that's just like now, right? Yeah. You know, the first 20 or 30,000 of income, you pay a lower level of tax. You know, the next 50, you pay a little higher and, and, and so on. So, so that's something else that people, you know, we, we all need to remember is that when you do something that knocks you in a higher tax bracket, it does not mean that all of your income is subject to the higher income tax rate. It just means some of it is, okay? But it does mean more taxes, right? Sure. So, so we, we just, we, I, wanna, I just like to, I like to mention where taxes were just to try to give people a little bit of sense of relief, you know, because sometimes, you know, you know, a lot a person might freak out a little bit if they hear their taxes are going higher, and we just want to put it in perspective and remind ourselves that they actually are a lot lower than they have been in the past, and that if if we want to have a national defense and a police department and a fire department and paved roads that we don't hit potholes every five feet and all these other things, you know, you've got we, we're going to have to pay taxes to get those things accomplished, and and so I think that. Uh, um, you know, I want to pay like everybody else. Let's pay the maximum that we're supposed to pay, but not right. a dime more. Not a dime more. That's you know, that's my philosophy. And again, you know, for me growing up, uh, well, even as an adult, my goal was always to try to, you know, break even with the IRS. I didn't care about a refund because why do I want to overpay? So, you know, that's to right. try to yeah. get to that, to try to get where it's minimal. You know what I mean? I, th- I- I, I do. And that's what I suggest to people all the time. I say, ideally, you're either either you're either over or under by, you know, a few hundred dollars, maybe a yeah. thousand dollars. All right. But but if you get a really big refund, guys, that really just means that you gave the government a tax free loan. That's what that means. Mm-hmm. If you're getting a big refund, you just you gave the government a tax free loan for last year while they were holding on to your money that they're not paying you any interest on <laughs> and or, you know, or that you could have met, used it. Maybe to pay, because some people come back and say, well, you're not making any interest in the bank anyway. 
And I said, no, that's true. But do you have a mortgage? Do you have any debt? Well, you could have paid down that debt with that money and that would have saved you the finance charges on the debt. So, so there are things you could have taken the money and bought a stock like Apache that's up, that we're up 45% on. You could have bought Matson last summer. We're up 85% on. So there are always things you can do. I would just, we always want to have the money in our hands as opposed to the IRS. Right. Right. Well, again, that's I, my opinion. Well, yeah, and and that's one of the things that you do and and help people with and continue to help people with. And folks, if you you're interested in getting some help from Kevin, SilverleafFinancial.com is the website. You can reach out to Kevin there, SilverleafFinancial.com. You can also call him 800-975-6717. And uh, you know, I, I you just couldn't help yourself, could you? You, you wanted to. Volatility in the market is a fact. What isn't so clear is what the ups and downs of the market can do to your retirement portfolio. For answers, call Kevin Brooker at 800-975-6717. Kevin is founder and CEO of Silverleaf Financial, and he's been helping people cut through the noise and create a retirement and income plan that can take you all the way through retirement. Call now for your free financial consultation, 800-975-6717. Today's market volatility can really take a toll on your portfolio. But what if you could lock in your gains and still be in a position to participate in the gains without suffering losses if the market plunges again? That's what Kevin Brooker at Silverleaf Financial can help you achieve. Your no-cost analysis includes a portfolio x-ray showing any hidden fees in your current plan. He'll show you how by claiming Social Security at the right time can make a huge difference in your retirement income. Call Kevin Brooker today, 800-975-6717. Do it today. couldn't help yourself, could you? you? You wanted to drop those bombs about uh, pure growth, didn't you? <laughs> that's, you know what? Sometimes I can't help myself. You're I right. know. You that's okay. I like right. I love the stories. And, and, and I'll tell you what, you know, those are a couple stocks. The, the pure growth por- portfolio is, is, uh, uh, is a group of investments that I manage for my clients that I started a couple of years ago based on, based on long running historical data um, going back 40 years. Um, that uses what's called a rules-based strategy to to select stocks, and it's and this is really based on guys like Warren Buffett and Peter Lynch and William O'Neill that started Investors Business Daily. This is based on very very successful investors and how they choose their investments, and 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 uh, and so that's simply what we're doing is really copying the best of the best and using that strategy to figure out when to buy, what to, what to buy, when to buy it, and when to sell it. And, and so that's what I did July, two years ago, July of 20, uh, I started in running this portfolio live. Um, and it's, and it's been working out very well. Uh, last year we finished calendar year 21 with a net gain of 35%. Uh, we beat the market by several percentage points last year and year to date through today's close, uh, we're up just over 3%. And, and, and no, that's not a massive gain. Uh, but considering the markets are all down for the year, uh, we are outperforming the index again by several percentage points. And that's good. And uh, you know what? I'm really happy with it. And, and the thing is, you know, we're, I'm, I'm watching sectors and, and it really comes down to guys, you've got to be in the right sector at the right time. And so really it, year to date, that's like metals, comp, metals, mining, uh, minerals, 
transportation stocks, energy stocks, those are the ones making money this year. And I mentioned Matson symbols M-A-T-X. Uh, that was one we picked up last summer. I want to say maybe July. I don't have the exact date in front of me. It was summertime last year. I want to, I want to say it was July. Uh, and just pull up a chart. Look at what it's done. M-A-T-X from last July to now, you'll see it's up over 80%, close to 85%. Wow. Wow. And we, st- we still hold the position because when I run my screens, you know, which I run them all the time uh, to see, you know, what should I be looking at? What should I be buying today? What looks good today? It c- it's Matson continually still coming up today as a strong buy. And, and so as long as it keeps coming up as a strong buy, I, I raise my stops. So like this one, we've got an 85% profit. I'm not going to let this thing turn into a loss. So what I do is I put a stop order in that will automatically sell the shares if it goes below a certain price. And I give it room, you know, I'm not going to let it get cut in half from here, but I'll give it room just for normal trading volatility because stocks are volatile. They're going to go up and down. It doesn't mean anything fundamental has changed day to day as they fluctuate, but you don't want to get, you don't want to be in there if the trend reverses. So in other words, if we go from an uptrend to a downtrend, I want to recognize that as quickly as possible and get out and keep my profit. Sure. So, so what so that's what I like to do, uh, and that's what I do as I, as with the with the winners. You gotta let your winners run, guys. You gotta let the winners run, and and as long as they're working for you, let them keep on running. So Matson, that one we've had for several months. You know, what's that? Eight, nine, ten months um, that we've had. You know, and uh, uh, some of the other ones that we've had. Apache, Apache, uh, APA is the symbol on that one. That's in the oil oil space. You can check that one out too. We're, we're up. I want to say we got that around earlier mid December, and that one is between forty and forty five percent up since then, I believe. Um, you know, and and again, that's being in, in in the right space when that sector's in favor. Um, another one that I called on the show January sixth, I recommended Zim Z I M at fifty six dollars. Right, All right, now guys, this one, this one is getting a little more complicated because Zim, you might look at it and say, well, that's not. It's up fifteen bucks from them. What you know, which you can argue is that good or bad. All right, but guys, they just paid a $17 dividend. $17 you have to add to the price to get to what it's actually worth for those of us that bought it in January. All right. Mm-hmm. So to take a step back, the company went X dividend. Yes, no, I'm sorry, March 22nd, two days ago. Uh, and X dividend means that's the first date that you uh, will not get that dividend. Okay. So you have to buy it prior to the X dividend date if you want to receive the dividend. And if you look at it, it just they they haven't paid it yet. Is ex dividend as of two days ago? Its pay date is uh, I want to I believe the first week sometime the first week in April. That's when they're actually going to pay that seventeen dollar dividend. So guys, we got a, the stock was trading at eighty eight dollars earlier in the week eighty eight, and then it paid the seventeen. Then it recorded the seventeen dollar dividend, which dropped it down to seventy one. That very same day, it runs up to another six or seven bucks. It jumped, and then the last day or two, it's backed off a little bit. So essentially, we're 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 right now, essentially at the same price we were before the dividend was paid. I want to say it's about seventy one now. That seventeen bucks puts you at the eighty eight mark. It was at uh, on Monday of this week. Okay, man. I mean, so again, just the fact that you are you're beating the market uh, with this thing. This is, uh, I mean, again, it's a fairly risky endeavor, and and this isn't for everybody, always obviously. But Correct. you know, but for your clients that have a few dollars into this. This is a pretty exciting thing. I mean, I, I you know, I, I, you talked about a particular client, and I, I, I don't, I mean, I don't know names, but you talked about him and how he was fairly well off, and he just took a punt, a, a portion of his, and said, "Okay, yes. here." And how that, cool that, that, is that? 
It, it, oh, it's, I think it, it's awesome. It's awesome. And that's exactly what it is. He's, this is a client that, that he's, um, you know, this is somebody that's in their mid eighties. Okay. Mid eighties. Wow. Good for him. But, and, and, and uh, tell you something else, guys, this is a guy that was a blue collar guy at GM. Okay. Mm-hmm. He never, he never saw a six figure salary. Never. All right. He was in the army. Uh, and then after the army he came out, he worked at a couple different factories. And then he figured out if he gets a job at GM, he can like triple, you know, triple his pay from what he was making. Uh, cause he, he told me a story. He's like, he was at a gas station one day and he saw a guy that he knew that was working at this factory that he was at. Um, but this guy was much older and was getting, and, and, uh, had retired and then went back to work. And, and so he's talking to him. He's saying, what's going on? And the guy's, well, I, I'd never made enough money. I've got to keep on working. And so that's what my client says. All right, well, I need to find a better job because I don't want to get stuck like he did. No. And, and so he gets a job at GM um, and just works and saves his money. He immediately started putting money into retirement plans immediately. Um, and in, in this client built his own house for him and his wife. So the mortgage that he had, I think might've been 10 or 15 grand. It was in today's terms, it was like nothing. nothing. <laughs> all right. Yes. But that's what he did. Cause he, him, him and his wife and it did pretty much all the work building their house themselves, which they still live in today. So they've they've essentially never had a mortgage. They've been in the same house over 50 years now. And I'll tell everybody, everybody that's listening, that is one common denominator amongst the people that I meet that have gotten more money put away and that have done better is the ones that have done better have not moved multiple times. They're in the same house that they were in when they got married, or they might've moved once or something, but they're not somebody that's moved multiple times throughout their life because the the folks that I've met that have moved multiple times typically ha- don't have as much money put away. And, and I attribute it to, you know, the, all the costs associated with all those moves and the commissions and, and everything else that goes into it. It's crazy. The amount of fees you pay when you move, if you look at the closing documents, um, several thousand dollars every time you move every time. Yep. Every yeah, time. It's so, expensive to move. I just did. <laughs> it, it, it is right. It is expensive. I've, I've done it. My, you know, I've done it myself. And, and so this client, you know, this is a, uh, like I said, it's a guy that nobody would expect. It's like if anybody has read the book called The Millionaire Next Door. Exactly what I was thinking. That's what this guy is. You wouldn't see him out in the world and say, wow, he looks like, you know, you know I don't know, uh, you know, like, like he's sitting on millions and millions of dollars. Um, he only buys what he needs. He doesn't waste money. Um, I've always tried to get him to take more vacations and do more traveling. But they say, oh, what? he's very happy with the life he has, doesn't see any interest in doing that. Um, and I can tell you something else, guys, he's still not in the electronic age. He doesn't even have a cell phone, not even <laughs> a, no smartphone, no, no email, no computer. Wow. Nothing. Wow. Nothing. Man, and, and, and I, you know, I it, admire that. I, I, <laughs> I, I, I tell you, it seems peaceful to me. It the does, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah. And, and he's like, I hear about all the trouble. He's like, I, I don't, I don't want to, he's like, I've, I've done fine so far. What do I need it now for? And, and so so it does make it a little harder. Like we need a, you know, a form or something signed. It takes a little longer, but uh, cause you can't email it. Um, right. You know, but my point is that if, if a person is diligent with their savings and you watch where you spend your money and you're smart about, you know, not taking out too many loans, not borrowing too much money and not letting credit card debt accumulate, you can save a good deal of money. Even if you never make more than 50 grand a year, if you're smart with your investments and you get a good advisor that can help you build your wealth. All right. That's something this, this guy has been with me for 25 years now. Oh, wow. And um, since the mid nineties and, and uh, his net worth has grown substantially in that period of time. Obviously we've had good markets, 
Um, but he's very disciplined. They never, ever have bought anything that they didn't need. And they've never, and they've never really borrowed money and paid interest on things. So, so it, it is, uh, so anyway, this is the client that, that we use as Roth IRA because this, the holdings in the pure growth portfolio kit, a lot of times it can be a couple of weeks to a couple of months. The longest holding, as I mentioned, is Matson. That's been since last summer. Uh, but typically the holding time is less, they're all so far, they've all been less than a year, which means your taxes would be higher if you did it in a regular taxable account. So I prefer to do this in a retirement account, preferably a Roth, because then we don't have to worry about taxes at all. Okay. I mean, that's, that's cool. And and obviously you're, you're really sort of proving things to yourself if, you know, but also to other people that, I mean, you really, you're doing the work and, and you're getting the payoff. And, and, Yes. And, 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 and I, and this isn't just me, by the way, guys, I pay, I pay for this research. I pay for, I hire, uh, I have hired, uh, I have independent research uh, companies, you know, that, that I pay on a regular monthly basis. Probably a lot. It's a fair amount. (laughs) It is a fair amount. And, uh, and, um, but, but, you know, I've always, I've always believed that, you know, one person is not smart enough to have all the answers to everything. Right. And, I, and I think I think smart people realize that you recognize your own talents, but you also recognize your own, you know, your, your own limits. And and in an area where you don't have sufficient expertise or not as much as you might like, I think the smartest people surround themselves with very smart people that have knowledge in these other areas so that you're surrounded with a bunch of people that can give you the information you need. Um, and, and that's what I do. So I hire I pay for independent research. They give me all their best ideas. And then I go through the ideas. I dice. I don't buy all of them. I go through and I choose the ones that I like. But I'm starting off with a pool of all strong buy rated, you know, companies, and and that's where I start and I narrow that down. And that's and that's how I put them in the portfolio. The other thing is I buy all these same stocks. For the record, guys, uh, all the stocks that are in the pure growth portfolio, I have. I also own, um, and so I'm in there in in there eating my own cooking, so to speak, uh, al- along with what I'm buying for my clients. Sure. Well, again, but but that's I mean, there's a certain amount of satisfaction in this thing for you. I mean, that's, uh, you know, the fact oh, that no you're question. helping other people as well. But I mean, that I mean, I, I like that you're establishing something here. I I, I appreciate that, Steve. And, that, and that's exactly what I'm trying to do. I want to go on record. That's why I talk about it in the podcast. I want you guys to go back and look and say, did this guy really suggest Zim at 56 in January? Go back and listen to my podcast. Yep. They're all on the web. You're They're there. all on the website. All right. And that was very deliberate because obviously I'm taking a chance that I'm wrong. Right. And that would, that would go on the record too. Right. Right. Yeah. So if I, if I'm wrong, you guys are going to know it because you'll have the evidence that's that you could look at it and say, wow, he made this call and that didn't work out very well. All right. Well, knock on wood so far it's been, they have been working out very well. And, and I continue to own Zim, by the way, I still own it myself as well as for my clients. Um, and, and uh, I'm not, and by the way, I mentioned the $17 dividend. These are not dividends that you can count on every quarter, okay? These companies in the shipping space, they tend to be more cyclical. So they'll go through periods where they're just flush with money, making a ton of money, which is the period we're in right now, where they're paying out these massive dividends. Because remember, guys, the stock was at 88 when they paid a $17 dividend, okay? That's huge, huge. And, and, and so uh, at the time, I think it worked out, you know, if you annualize that, you've got $68 in dividends on an $88 stock. It's like a 75% dividend or something. Um, no, it's not sustainable. We don't expect that it will be. Uh, but while the money is coming in and while things are going so well, remember, I said they're in the shipping space. And how many times have we heard 
you know, the, the shipping uh, supply chain disruptions that are happening and how the cargo ships couldn't get into the coast at Long Beach in California because, you know, there, there's all these bottlenecks all along the way. And so when I looked at that, I say, you know what, I'll bet I'll bet trucking companies and shipping companies are going to make a bunch of money. And, and so far, that's exactly what's happening. Wow. Well, yeah. And, and uh, obviously, you're cashing in on that. Yeah, that, that's right. And, and it looks to me like it's going to continue. Um, the reports that I'm seeing, you know, folks, how we're going to the stores, you see empty stores, uh, empty shelves in the stores that you probably didn't see before the pandemic. Uh, unfortunately, what I'm hearing is that these these issues are going to probably continue for at least another six months, if not 12 or maybe 18. Wow. So it looks like it's going to last a while. So just prepare yourself for that mentally to know that it's going to stay like that. And uh, but in the meantime, you know, we can I, I, if you're working with somebody like me, what we want to do and what I'm doing is helping my clients profit off of whatever opportunities come up, good or bad. We want to be able to profit off it and, and, and grow our money in a reasonable way without taking too much risk. And that's what we're trying to do. And, and, and obviously you're doing it. You're creating that wealth. And, you know, we talk about generational wealth all the time. And that's something else that becomes so important that you can help us with, too. And, and You know what I mean? Not just yes. with pure growth, but just in general. Oh, no, no question. And, and the pure growth, and that's a good point. Pure growth is a portfolio that I have some, you know, um, that a person certainly could do that with a designated piece of money, but it's only for a piece of money, uh, in, in my opinion. And, and, but I use the same, the same rules, the same strategy, the same filters to select stocks to add to a portfolio. In other words, I've got some clients that are 85% conservative, pardon me, and they say, you know what, let's use 15% of the money for what I'll call, let's try to turbocharge the account a little bit. So if you've got a million dollar account, right? Uh, and, and you put in 15%, that's 150,000 on a million dollars. So what I'll do is I'll buy 15 different stocks. I'll put a 10 grand each one. So it's a 1% allocation to each stock. Okay, again, there's a million dollar portfolio. So you've got 15 stocks, each representing 1% of the portfolio, while 85% of the portfolio is conservative or moderate. That's how I'm doing it. And that's what's been working out very well. Silverleaffinancial.com is your starting point. Silverleaffinancial.com, or you can call Kevin, 800-975-6717. I said this before, Kevin, but I love your optimism, and, and that energy is so refreshing to hear, and that, you know, it's not all gloom and doom. Oh, well, I, I appreciate this. Even though it, 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 it's not, you know, there's no question in this world, you know, that we have our challenges, right? There's a lot of challenges out there. Um, but you know what I think? I feel like we're getting, I feel like we're getting through covid I feel like the reason why the Fed is raising interest rates is because the economy is so strong, all right? And and there there is talk about a recession, but I'll tell you what, as long as unemployment is so low and we still got so many people, you know, uh out of out of work, you know, the jobless numbers, I don't think we've ever had a recession when we've had unemployment this low. And so so to me, things aren't all bad. There's there are opportunities out there. We've have had a correction in the market guys that represents a better value. So if you're a long-term investor, we want to be doing some buying. We want to be buying on weakness. And, and that's how I like to do it. And I think if you look out over time, we're going to do just fine. Provided this for illustrative purposes only and does not constitute investment tax or legal advice. The covered material has been obtained from sources that are deemed to be reliable, but their accuracy and completeness cannot be guaranteed. 
There are risks associated with every type of investment vehicle. Please read the prospectus and risk disclosures thoroughly before investing. Insurance guarantees are subject to the insurance company's ability to pay. Neither Silverleaf Financial, Kevin Brooker, hosts, and guests are responsible for the usage of information discussed. Security and investment services offered through Silverleaf Financial, members FINRA SIPC. Please consult with an experienced advisor before making any investment decisions.